Hello, and welcome to the Good News Doctors podcast. I am your host, Dr. Mark DeBrinkett, and today I have a patient of mine that flew in all the way from Houston, Kathy Turner. And thank you so much for joining me today, Kathy. Oh, what a hot spot to be in. I, I'm in the right seat at the right time with the right guy. Couldn't, couldn't be happier than to have this conversation with you. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh, for our listeners, um, Kathy had a brain aneurysm 31 years ago, and it had uh, obviously dramatically changed her life. And so she has quite the story of just the different stages of recovery and healing and, and all that she's been through. And so it so parallels so many things that I've been through with my disability and my recovery too. And so it's so great to have you here and to be able to just have a real conversation about what drives that human spirit to keep fighting the next day, thinking that maybe the next day might be better than the last. And a lot of times people just give up on that and they think, I'm stuck with this. This is how it is. I had this incident or this event or this trauma. And now I have these labels that I put on myself saying that this is who I am and it identifies me. But I hear people say that and it's like, you got to lay those badges down. Those are not, those are conditions. That's not you. And it's the only an way you're ever going to overcome it is to, to already act as if, and then allow that process to take place. Mm. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what is a brain aneurysm and how, did that happen? Well, the first thing I want to respond to is the idea of those people who, and I'm one of them, who has on occasion felt like I am the sum result of catastrophe. <laughs> and right. I've, got it, I've got it in all these different categories. And they are events. And then you have also that other part of your brain that acknowledges, I could, like any upstanding person, walk through life absolutely naked and know that in God's eyes, I am his child. So what happened 31 years ago as it relates to overcoming something, um, something of a real physical trauma, something that carries a lot of um, uncertainty, like where it came from and why it happened, and is it possible that it should happen again, and what does it say about me and my, my health or my environment or, or, or any of those you know, factors. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you the story of what was happening in my life. And maybe you'll draw from that as a doctor, you know, any number of things that will, mm -hmm. you know, prompt us forward. But I was um, probably about 36 years old, somewhere in that. I'm 45, 65 right now. So this was 31 years ago. And at that time, I was married, a joined family. So there were five kids, untold number of animals, birds, ferrets, dogs, lived in a 4,000 square <laughs> foot house on a, on a three acre little piece of land that looked like a park. And I had a life that was so fast paced. I had kids in private school and talking about room mom and, and working in television. So I worked a night shift and we had at that time, it was just before Christmas, Kathy's coat for kids. So we were collecting warm clothing for children and distributing them in different uh, dry cleaners and grocery stores. So it was really all the Christmas shopping and decorating and parties and weird hours, all kinds of things going on. Dr. DeBrinkett, I can tell you that for weeks I walked around asking people, what is a migraine? What is a migraine? Because I knew that there was something that I couldn't shake it, but I was moving too fast to even stop and think. Of, I didn't, I wasn't worried. I was just, you know, like irritated. Yeah. And I would like push my hand and, and, um, 
so then as it turned out, this big Saturday night event took place, and my husband and I drove down for this Christmas party. An enormous, the people who were actually the sponsors of this Coats for Kids campaign had their party, and it was a swank operation. This was a huge investment firm, and people were just warm and friendly. But, man, I'm telling you that this was, like, against the perfect blue sky and right there on the coast and food galore. Everything was at the height. Walked in, and it just was so, you know, moved by take, like a movie, like a movie set. Surreal. But before they even served, I was like, okay, let's go. And I was home and in bed. And um, I can remember that what happened was, like, in an instant, something happened in my head. And I was in awe. I wasn't afraid. But I knew, I was like, it was super fast. And I could feel, like, like, just a film over water just on both sides of my brain. The next thing I know that I made it to the bathroom and I was sitting on the toilet and it was diarrhea and it was vomiting, just crazy. And I thought, well, you know, we're weather caster. You know, you talk about weather and, and related, you know, flu seasons and all that. Well, no wonder we're making such a big deal of this flu. This is really bad. So it was 36 hours later. Oh, my goodness. Nobody knew. My kids marched in on Monday morning in their little uniforms. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, Mom, we're going to school. I lost a day. And my husband said, you know, I'm going to take the kids to school, and then I'm going to take you to the emergency room. I remember opening my sock drawer to take out a pair of socks. I saw the kids in their uniform, a flash, a picture, opening the drawer, socks, a picture. Now I'm sitting on the edge of a, an exam table, and somebody's looking in my eyes, and they can see by looking in my eyes, there's an open bleed. And they took me by an ambulance to St. Luke's Hospital where I was for the next 11 days with an open bleed in my head. Hmm. I had a Basler tip aneurysm. And they wow. said that that was a really difficult position because it's really underneath the brain. Mm-hmm. There was not a Brainstorm. surgeon in the United States who had ever successfully operated with a good outcome. The doctor who had invented the process was a guy in Canada named Charles Drake. And he invented something called a Drake clip. I don't know if that's a uh. term that's ever used now because this was, you know, 30 years ago plus. And um, they had to get me out of that hospital. The nurses, I happened to have been married to a family with a private investigator who was world-renowned. They made movies about his blood and money. He was part of the Iran-Contra. Mm. I mean, he was... He was in the midst of big things, and you didn't mess with him. First time I met him, he took his eye out, put it on the table, and left the room saying, I'm keeping an eye on you. Oh, and my he, goodness. He, he, he was a character. <laughs> he never intimidated me, but, man, you didn't want to, you didn't want to challenge him, cross him, don't get too curious because he'd take you down. Right. But um, they, they interrogated the nurses and found out that Houston, the medical center, world-renowned for their medical care, they said there is no one in this city who can save her. If you want her to live, you've got to get her out of here. So they found the guy who had originated that, that uh, system, and he had trained two doctors in the U.S. One was in Miami. The other one was in Dallas. Miami couldn't make it, and the Dallas guy wasn't going to leave. They had to lifelight me to Dallas, but they couldn't have me at that altitude. So my father-in-law had a friend take everything out of a plane, put me and my mom um, in there, and get me to that hospital. They did wow. the surgery where they pack your body in ice, and they have like a four-hour window uh, before all the vital organs, you know, that they you can actually work. 
So they did an incision from here all the way back. They drilled holes in my head. I can still feel them today. Mm-hmm. And they physically went in and lifted the brain. And um, they came out and they told my, my family, I have five brothers, and of course everybody was there. And they said, well, we were in 18 minutes too long. And we found a second aneurysm. And we didn't have time to address it, so we wrapped cotton around it to build up scar tissue. But she won't live, and if she did, she'll be permanently mentally impaired. She'd have to wor- learn to walk and talk all over again. Good Lord. So my brothers, <clears throat> being the class act that we are, went to an inappropriate place and drank a lot, and then came back um, only after seven hours to find that they came out and said, we don't know why, but she looks expletive great. I'm going to tell you what, there was a lot of prayer. I mean, that was 11 days in one hospital, and there were a lot of prayers. Um, I had no idea what was going on. I would forget what I said at the beginning of a sentence, although I would sound very much normal. Yeah, I I didn't know what was going on. I I literally would, by the time we got to the end of the sentence, I didn't even remember where I was going or or what. So um, I, I obviously I survived, and I did go down the stairs on my fanny, and I did have um, surgeries on my eyes afterwards on this eye because the muscles that simultaneously move the eye was affected by scar tissue and so on. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for me to, uh, if you see pictures of me um, with my sh- head shaved and sitting and whatever, I looked and I, and I, I hesitate to use the word, but I looked mentally impaired. I looked um, like a very special needs person. Uh, uh, and I can, like one of my kids is like this, you know, in the picture, like, where's my mom? Yeah. Um, I know I remember uh, walking outside for the first time and like the neighbors watching and I had no sense of social skills. I was like a five-year-old. I didn't know how to respond to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking to the mailbox, I was so awkward. Um, a couple, about 10 days maybe later, I was taken to a rotary luncheon. And I had the good fortune of sitting to a man next to me who was probably in his 70s. And so here I am in my 30s. And, and he says, hey, did you have a near-death experience? <laughs> Dang, I wanted one of those. He says, no, let me tell you something. You may have, and it'll come to you down the road. And I did have. Now, it's very subtle, and it's not anything anyone's going to tell a story about, but I did. And my near-death experience was that I saw my three children's faces in their birth order Alicia, Brandon, Kristen, and five words, I have to go back. And that is what happened. And um, I came back. And um, the biggest thing I can tell you is short-term memory. I didn't have huge chunks of my life there. Mm. And I tried to describe this, and I've done it a a, a few times, but it's like standing on the edge of the water. And this is exactly the way... I can tell you it came to me like the moonlight is there and I'm looking at the water and I can see something kind of lapping in the water and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming. And then I look down and it's washed up to shore and it's at my feet. And I pick it up and I look at it and I open it and I'm turning the pages and I get it. Okay, that chapter or volume of my life and I know how to put it now into context of my life. It was picking up those those chapters that I wouldn't have known they were missing until I found them wow. or they came back to me and I could, I could rebuild my life. So um, <clears throat> it, was, it was an incredible thing. I went through that probably universal, why me? Um, why did I get to live? Why did I get to live? When I see, I mean, at that same time, 
Um, the youngest child in the family had his best friend dying of a brain tumor, and here I have this, and I get to live. And I, I can say that that's probably the greatest gift in my life is that I got to raise my children. I got to be a mother to my kids. And I can also say the only thing that I ever remember during that phase was saying to my mom and dad, if I can't be a, if I can't be a mom, if I can't be a wife, take me home. I don't want my kids to go through that. So um, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. Yeah. You want to say something? Because oh. you know what? I kind of just, um, <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> I, I, I took, I, I think I commandeered the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely okay. And that's, um, oh gosh, it's like, I, I'm so moved by your experience and, and having near-death experience myself. Um, not only just feeling what you went through, but what your family goes through, seeing you have to go through that. And when you have an aneurysm, means that one of the blood vessels Mm -hmm. ruptures okay and it breaks open so it's no longer holding the blood in your vascular system where it's supposed to be it starts leaking out into your brain so you probably had a blockage in there of some sort it was what i would guess Mm -hmm. and the pressure got so great you felt it in your head for a little bit and quite identify it like it wasn't like a, a vice grip around your head that makes you think, oh, I'm having a headache. This isn't what a headache feels like. It was just like something in there that wasn't right. A dull pain. But you sensed it. And then when you felt the whoosh, that was blood bursting out and then filling the back of your cavity of your brain. Yes. Now, um, I know we haven't taken you through your actual brain map yet. <laughs> but when we do, you're going to see that your brain's divided up into 88 different Broadman areas. It's kind of like looking at a globe or a map where you can identify all the different states have borders. So you have a lot of little irregular puzzle pieces that make up Mm -hmm. the tissue of your brain. And each of those pieces have a very specific neurological function. Does every brain have a a same pattern like a U.S. you'd identify the design and maps? Okay. That exact exact region of the brain might Mm -hmm. be the size of a dime right here and that allows you to recognize shapes and objects it allows you to be able to say the word that you're trying to say each one has a very specific neurological function and so in the areas where we've had traumas we see that those are the broadband areas that are usually the most dysregulated which means neurologically they're either reprogrammed to function too high or too low and they're not able to meet you where you need at the demand and in those areas back here this is all memory it's visible is visualization, it's pattern recognition, it's speed, accuracy, decision making. That's a lot of that connects the, the frontal part of your brain to the back part of your brain. And so when we look at, you know, just the big vessels, the mm-hmm. arteries and the veins and such, that's literally only one percent of the vascular part of our body as far as the surface area that we're talking about. And any time we have an incident like what you went through, there's a lining inside those blood vessels that are there to protect the blood vessel called the glycocalyx. Mm -hmm. And when that lining, for whatever reason, was damaged or stripped away or wore out, you were under so much stress and being super mom and running in every single direction. And all of that stress creates... um, a lot of different hormones that are released that are stress hormones. Oh, okay? wow. And those cause inflammation and those can, uh, in, in too much sugar maybe at times, 
uh, when you're on the run and, and go like all that. So high blood sugar, high stress, who knows, you know, we didn't have as much exposure to chemicals and free radicals in the air and heavy metals as we do now, but we still did be exposed to those. Mm-hmm. So all of those types of things in our lifestyle can damage that vessel wall. And when that vessel wall gets damaged, now it's weak and it's vulnerable. And it took some pressure in there to cause it to break open. Okay. And so um, it's rare in the, in the arteries because arteries have muscles in those walls. And so um, again, arteries have muscles in those walls. I've never heard that. Your artery has a muscle inside. Yeah. The lining of our arteries are constantly flexing to move blood through it. Okay. And once it gets so small that it turns into a capillary, that's when it goes down to just like two microns thick of tissue, one cell layer thick for the capillaries. And they don't flex, but they have that glycocalyx in them too. And when the hair in the glycocalyx feels pressure and movement from the blood going through the vessel, it will release nitric oxide. And what that does is it makes that vessel dilate. So it doesn't constrict. It just blows up a little bit, and then nitric oxide wears off, and so it goes back to its normal size. And in doing that, it's the inverted way of doing the blood It's the mechanism instead of the muscle. That's called vasomotion rather than the the flexing of the heart and the flexing of the arteries to move the blood uh, through the body and push it into the actual muscles. So if we have... Big vessels that are compromised, most likely little vessels are compromised too. And so where there's damage in the glycocalyx, it goes systemically. And so that goes everywhere. And so the function of our blood, our heart goes 2,000 gallons of blood through it a day. And the function of that blood is to deliver the goods, right? Right. To deliver the nutrients, the oxygen Mm -hmm. to the end stage. So if we have huge vessels that are the size of the highways going through town. And then those branch off into the communities. And then around the, the inner cities, we have smaller vessels. So now it's maybe two lanes. Okay. Then we get to the neighborhood. Now you need to go home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the neighborhood is the smallest capillaries. And that's basically the end of the tunnel. So we go from big vessels, smaller, smaller, smaller. You're walking down a hallway in a school with five kids on each side, and then all of a sudden it gets narrower and narrower and smaller, and we're down to single file. And then there's a little tunnel at the end of the hall that i got to wiggle through with my hands in front. That's the four, fives, and sixes, those size diameters that are really whatever i got left in me, I'm going to give it to the tissue there because it's, it's like a going through a car wash. i got glycocalyx on both sides of those small vessels that I have to make myself smaller to fit through. The whole way I'm running down those hallways, if I touch a wall here and touch a wall there, it's not like the blood's just going single file, five by five. They're turning and spinning and flowing, and they touch a wall here, then they touch a wall here, then they touch a wall there, and they touch a wall there. So giving a little bit of oxygen and nutrients along its journey, but at the end is what it really matters because now the tissue right there needs whatever you got left. Then the cell will start to take toxins and the stuff away when the vessels get bigger, bigger, bigger on the vein side of the vessel. So the whole vessel's connected. Artery goes into the vein, back to the heart, and then it goes through two chambers of the heart to the lungs, and then it gets reoxygenated and completes the cycle again. So it's a big loop. But the smaller we get, the more of those size vessels we have. 
I want to go back to yes. um, the visual I'm getting with your description because I, I hit I hit a roadblock, which was the outside of my skin, yeah. because I'm seeing this little tiny tiny thing go to the to right you know to the skin. How does it turn around? Or what 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 is it that makes it after it's delivered everything in route and it, it goes back? How does it get? You the, have sixty five thousand miles of them wound up in every direction, in every mm-hmm. tissue in your body, all around there. So if you line them all up, you would stretch around the earth two and a half times. So it's not just going there and there's an end wall and there's nothing left. Right. It's going there and it keeps bifurcating into smaller vessels, into smaller. So when I come out of one, I look, I got two choices. They're both smaller than the one I came out of. I'm going to pick this one. If I get to the end and the, all the fours, are they're clogged. I'm looking down the top. I can't get through there. Oh, can't get through there. I need to go find another four. I need to find another four until I can find my way through. What happens now, if you are roadblocked? Yeah. Well, that's where hypertension happens. Okay. Because now your heart starts working overtime, pushing more blood through the bigger vessels because they're <sighs> never getting home. The neighborhoods have been blocked off. Nobody can get into the neighborhood. So all the traffic has to keep going around town. Waiting for a, and, a way and, to get to it. And so then hypertension happens. Okay. And then the tissues of the heart and the kidneys start to starve because those are really dense muscles. And they have the smallest capillaries. And so that's the first They're being sign. deprived. They're being deprived. So okay. they're not going to actually be able to function better. So the fact that you've gone 31 more years without another one, I would say we're a pretty good risk of not worrying about that anymore. I stopped worrying <laughs> after about 10 years because they told me, well, you yeah. should have another. I don't know if it was an angiogram or what the test was after mm-hmm. 10 years. And I didn't. But 20 years, I did have one of the tests that... Uh, they put something in, and then once it's released into your blood and it goes through your body, the most amazing experience was the speed. I couldn't believe how fast the blood flows. So for you to tell me yeah. 2,000 gallons, I get it because yeah. it was that fast. It was, it was, it, it was a speed that doesn't even um, calculate in my mind that something right. could be happening that fast inside my body. You are absolutely right. I'm not sure if you've ever used essential oils, but we've seen studies where they take blood from somebody's finger and uh, it, it looks like all the red blood cells are stuck together. They're okay? clumping. They're clumping together. Okay, got it. Okay? Instead so, of free-floating. Instead of yeah. freely, independently. Uh, it's right. called Rouleau's syndrome when they start to stack together. And for okay. some reason, if the blood feels threatened or it's injured, it's going to do that until it heals and protects itself. Okay, And so okay. it's just a mechanism of stress. And so they would take a drop, one drop of essential oil and put it on the bottom of the patient's toe and wait 30 seconds, draw blood from the finger again, and it's all perfectly clear and nothing's stuck together anymore. And they'd say, how can you do that and 30 seconds later have it be in, in the finger already? The and I said, you know, almost resonating somehow. In 30 seconds, almost all seven liters of blood have gone through your finger. That's how fast your oh. blood's going through. And so okay. it's like blood circulates through your body so fast because your tissue is using the oxygen and nutrients quickly, and I need some more. Why the big toe? Does that <laughs> right? make any difference or, do, or from any point from in your body? From any point in your body. I mean, blood's circulating super fast. So and that tells me that as the skin is such a huge organ, not mm-hmm. not even close to the vascular, microvascular, right. I get that, yeah. but that it is an open door to all kinds of things, and it, it could have a positive Anything or a negative. Anything that comes in contact with your skin will end up in your lymphatic system very shortly. There's that's, a that's lesson. The, that's the way out. Now, 
Okay. You know, as far as how your body heals, and we have seven different pathways to eliminate toxins from our body. And whenever we get toxic, it's always going to be in this order. Because one will get toxic first and it'll spill over to the next, which oh, spills over to the next. Buckets going so to it the... starts with liver, okay. gallbladder, kidney, lung, skin. Okay. And then the lymphatic is a whole different thing. Well, wait a minute. Does that lymphatic mean that, that and when, then colon when and everything else out? Well, if if I take that order, I think you said liver, gallbladder, kidney, uh, kidney lung, skin. skin. Okay. So if the skin is the last thing on that top five, if you, you got you skin smell, issues, if you if you're smelling like well garlic, you know yeah. that it's gone through all of those things, and and here it comes out. But if it's coming out of the skin, well, not so much the smelling because that's just the way the body's detoxing through your okay. pores. Mm-hmm. I'm talking if you have like skin issues, like major Eczema. skin issues, your whole body. Mm-hmm. It means the other ones are already toxic too. Oh, if you got kidney wow. failure, you you got liver issues as well too, and gallbladder issues. And you don't you don't get kidneys toxic and, and clogged without affecting liver too. Oh, this goes beyond okay. the knee bones connected to Yeah. Yeah, this is. <laughs> and so <laughs> they're definitely all interconnected. Yeah. But, you know, when we start talking about kidneys, then we're talking about major glycocalyx. That's like the thickest filters in our body to filter that blood back. It's it's all glycocalyx. Okay, so, so glycocalyx, because this is so magical. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. The idea of being able to actually see inside this little itty-bitty tiny blood vessel yeah. and to see the definition and to, to be able to gauge uh, your overall health for the body, represented by these images, you know, isolated in this, in this one scan, I want to understand a couple of things. Just like, well, you described it, but if I were to, can you liken it to any other thing that we've experienced? I mean, as a mother, you know, with a, with a baby, you know, they put the stuff and then they run to do the sonogram or whatever, the slick liquid i mean so I, I have an idea of but what is it really like is so so the glycocalyx how about analogy of a fish Ooh. if you've ever gone fishing and caught a fish and you pull it out of the water it's slimy and it's yes. slippery yeah if you were to dry it off real fast and put it back in the water it'll go sideways and die within a few minutes because oh. that's a glycocalyx that's a protective mechanism that the fish secretes that doesn't let any toxins in the water enter its bloodstream. And so it's a protective mechanism for it. And so if you strip that off, everything goes into the, into the blood and makes the fish toxic. Our eyeball has a very thick glycocalyx on the outside of our eyeball to protect it from dust and debris and to things. And we're constantly secreting a new one all the time. Is that hairy in the eye too? Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the gel okay. metrics. Now in the blood vessels... We actually have what's called the glycocalyx, which is the polysaccharide hairs that are fibers that grow, and they have a gel that's secreted into it that is a protein that'll bind to those hairs. And so it makes the hairs stand up straight. And so if the hairs stand up straight, and that gel is a signaling gel, so it's going to allow oxygen and nutrients to pass through into into the tissue where you're trying to get it, but it's also going to protect it from bigger proteins that aren't supposed to make it to the cell wall. If you don't have that gel and that hair, it's just vulnerable. I told you it's only one cell layer thick. So now any debris or heavy metals or things in the blood that's not really supposed to be there will 
damage and scratch that wall if that gel and the hair isn't protecting it. It's like a Teflon coat. Right. So think of getting your driveway blacktopped. That's nice and slick now. You can roller skate on there and not, mm-hmm. you know, hit any cracks and bumps or anything. That's what the glycocalyx does for all of our 65,000 miles of blood vessels. We have literally over a football field surface area of that organ if we were just to slice them all open and measure the surface area. And so it's our largest organ, and it's the most important protection that we have because it's what separates the nutrients and such that are in the blood from getting to the tissue or not. And what they've proven with all these thousands of studies was that that glycocalyx is always damaged first before plaque, before sepsis, where it leaks open and Mm -hmm. leaks out. Proteins will leak through the backside of the vessel and then harden. That causes calcification in the big arteries. It happens in the microvessels too. And so when you have poor ability to grow and replace your own glycocalyx, you end up starving organs, and then you end up having critical failures of such. And so now for the first time, and one of the main reasons why you're here, we can actually get a glimpse of the 99% of that vascular system that nobody ever talks about because we never had instruments small enough to operate on those little tiny vessels. (laughs) And we didn't even realize that the effect of the glycocalyx and the damage of that leading to all of these things from plaque and cholesterol buildup on the walls, all of that, we didn't know it happened because of the lack of glycocalyx until about 12 years ago. So they've been studying this for 30 years, but now the, the last decade, we have so much research that links how we damage that first, and then it leads to X, Y, Z problems. Okay, And so now we can look at the function mm-hmm. and get a glimpse before we have a statistic or a symptom or an event, you know, again, that happens. And then the main reason that I'm so excited about it is I always like to begin with the end in mind. I don't like giving bad news if we don't have a way to make the good news happen, <laughs> you know? And so we also realistic, we know certain things we can change, certain things we can't change, but so many people give up so fast. They believe one doctor's opinion that says, you're going to have this condition the rest of your life, just deal with it. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just have to deal with it. And, and then they suffer and they, they take unnecessary chemicals and they, and they have unnecessary side effects, and they don't even know that there's even a possible way out. And so now we have this amazing nutraceutical that we know is going to help regrow the lining mm-hmm. of those vessels. And with your history of what you've had in the past, it's so important that we make sure we're consuming things that are going to help that grow and protect that lining so none of these events could ever happen again, right? So you're talking about your diet and nutrition and where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And so I want to step back for a minute because as you're telling the story, if I'm like the average listener, my mind is trying to stay up with you, trying to kind of get an image in my mind of what you're describing, trying to understand some of the terminology like polysaccharides, you know, so oh, I look that up. Okay. Something to do with proteins and, you know, yeah. and, and so I, I'm, I'm, piecing together some of this puzzle. And I'm also thinking about the fact that all of these larger um, arteries, major arteries that you could have seen and you can see plaque and and Mm -hmm. these ones that are so tiny that it hasn't been a visible 
a, you know, tool, a diagnostic tool until now. But it also tells me that if you have a problem in those little tiny uh, capillaries, and, and those are the ones that are probably not as easy to defend because sure. they're so tiny and there's so much of it. Right. But it could be anywhere in the body that you've got some kind of breach and some exposure and some vulnerability. And if it is the polysaccharide, is that where that protein could get through mm-hmm. and cause an injury to that cell wall that then open? And my vision of that is almost like white blood cells rushing to, you know, attack a foreign body. What but is That's exactly what, what happens. So okay. when think of like moss on a rock. When you're looking at a stream. Oh, great analogy. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so if the water is still, the moss will start to stand up and yeah. dance a little and, bit. Yeah. And then as soon as the current Shimmer. starts coming, it's going to lay down sideways. Okay. And so these are little microscopic hairs. That's what a polysaccharide means sugar. Okay. It's a, it's a complex sugar. That's okay. what it said. That's right. Okay. It said so sugar. it's just okay. a sugar yeah. okay. that grows. It's like eyelashes. It's like a dense bush of eyelashes that are growing from the bed of the, of, the, of the sea. Okay, so wherever you see thick seaweed, okay, you're not going to really be able to get to the floor of the, of the bed of the lake or the ocean mm-hmm. right there uh, because there's so much stuff in the way. Slippery, but then you see stuff. a little sandbar over here. And let's go stand on ah, that because yes. that's just the sand. The sand is the, is the vessel wall with no protection. I got it. So now the stuff flowing through the ocean that's going to tumble into the sand, it'll dig up that sand easy, just scratching the sand, where none of the other sand's messed with because it has rooted seaweed everywhere. So again, like the blacktop, okay? Mm -hmm. We put a coating over the vessel wall, and that little, those fibers and the gel that binds to them, it forms like that slick coat. So now nothing can stick to a slick coat. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's when those are released that now the proteins can get through the bottom when there's no hair there to protect it. Albumin, which is a protein in the, in the blood, it can now go through and cause leakage. And then the white blood cells say, hey, there's damage here. Let's grab that and start clotting and start, you know, putting cement over it. In, in, in blocking it, and then the platelets will stick Building to it. Building it with spackle. The platelets start grabbing on okay. because they're the, the, when the hair's not there, our inflammation re- markers get released into the blood saying we need, we need help. And so now it increases blood flow. When we look at the, at the video camera watching mm-hmm. the blood, when somebody doesn't have damage, you can identify each red blood cell with our eye on the video, separate from each other, like ants going to the picnic. And then as soon as you damage it, uh, like by shining a light, a bright light into the vessel, all of a sudden the glycocalyx gets damaged pretty quickly and you see all the red blood cells stacked right on top of one another. So they're getting four times the amount of red blood cells coming through the body now instead of the one or two that you were seeing in that space, now there's four to five because your body's having to try to heal that. And so we can see the glycocalyx is damaged, and now we're having to pump a lot more blood in there because it recognizes there's damage. Okay, so um, you have to have a remedy, and I don't think we'd yeah. be sitting here if you didn't. Sure. Now you're the good news doctor, so <laughs> I think you probably got some for us. But before you explain you know, what that remedy is, I've got – two things happening in my mind that you're going to have to straighten me out on. Okay. 
You've got the um, glycocalyx, which is what we can describe visually as like little hairs. But then where you don't have it, you have the open access to the to the vessel wall. Right. And I'm saying, wait a minute, you were describing how these either nitrous oxide or the nutrient or whatever that's being carried through the blood to the rest of the body, what is it that's grabbing that nutrient? Is it the hairs? Is it the... Because if you're getting right to that vessel wall, that's damaging. We can't do that. So who's, how are they getting the, 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 the nutrient? The nutrient comes through what's called a redox signaling molecules. Okay. Those are the gel that's secreted. It's in the hair, holding the hair up. Okay. And those signaling molecules allow the nutrients and stuff through, but it doesn't let the other things through that's not supposed to. Oh, we have that, and that's also, ironically, the makeup of the fluid inside every one of our 100 trillion cells. So our cells can communicate to other cells and all of that. Tell me anybody doesn't believe in God now. Right. Just come on. <laughs> I mean. Think, think of the glycocalyx like the shag carpet in the room. Yes. And so all the furniture doesn't scratch the hardwood floor. And then we have parts of where we don't have the carpet, the walkways that go around. And anybody that walks through there eventually starts wearing out that hardwood floor. You got that water, floor, walking path, yes. Right? So you'll have a walking path through the shag where we can start to see on our scan that, hey, that glycocalyx is supposed to be, let's say, you know, two inches thick like the shag carpet, and yeah. it's only like a quarter of an inch left. And so we know you still have glycocalyx there, but it's not as bushy and as thick as it once been. So now we're having systemic loss on every one of those size vessels. So you're talking about a wear pattern there, yeah. but I'm going to ask you about something that comes with age, which is my hair is thinning and my nails and all that kind of stuff is horrible. Does it, with age, diminish? Absolutely. Okay, so, so we've got So just aging alone will start to take out your fours and then your okay. fives mm. and then your sixes. Wow. So aging always starts with the one you have the most of, which is you have more fours. Think of a tree. And the leaves on the tree, you have sure. more number of branches where the leaves are coming out than any other size branch in that tree, number-wise. Got it. We have more fours than anything else. And on your report that we went through, we could show you all the function of every size vessel from four microns thick all the way to 25. And I know that like, excites the heck out of me, but for listeners that don't know what a micron is, one red blood cell is seven microns thick. So that water blood cell, when it gets down to those last three tunnels that it needs to go through to get to the other side, to start the vein side, bringing stuff back, those last three tunnels, like I said, it has to get smaller than itself. So that's why I use the visual of it's, got, it's such a small hole. I got to put my hands over my head so my body appears smaller yeah. and I can wiggle through versus my shoulders would never get me through. So the red blood cell has to It's a birth itself. canal. You need to talk to a woman about a birth canal. We understand this. But you know what else comes to mind is how nature repeats itself in its patterns. What you just described that the human body has with our circulatory system and, and the tree is yeah. the same with the root system. And here you are in the mountains... How much snow melt starts out with just a little bit of a trickle and then it forms a little tributaries and pretty soon it's going into the river and by golly, we got an ocean. That's right. I mean, it's the same thing that this, right. this pattern exists and we can all understand it. All right, so um, you, you looked at me and you gave me a grade. And that's another thing about this, why I consider it a major diagnostic tool is that it doesn't just give you data. It, it, it kind of calibrates your condition 
based on optimum and where you mm-hmm. fall. And and then it also it's, you know, just like at a glance, it was like seeing all the gears in, in a cockpit, you yeah. know, and, or in a, in a car, like a race car. And you're like, okay, what does it mean? Um, and, and as a tool, I want to understand, doctors, have they ever had anything close to this up until now? What, you know, what would you liken it to? Well, they have had a camera that can look at the vascular blood flow at a microscopic level for 30 years. So we're not the only ones that have a camera that can take images of live blood flow. That's been studied for so long, and there's tens of thousands of studies on microcirculation and the importance of that. Now, up until now, we've been treating people that have microcirculation issues, and some of those warning signs might be problems with your nails, problems with your eyes, problems with your hair thinning and falling out, cold hands and feet, uh, numbness in your feet, like neuropathy and things like that. Mm -hmm. These are all circulation-based. And then the list goes on and on for early warning signs. But again, as we mentioned, if you don't deal with the early warning signs, it's going to lead to kidney, liver, organ malfunction, critical issues. This is just like what you were saying about people not getting a second opinion. Because yeah. we accept at face value with, you know, a person who's got the credentials, the education, the experience. That's why we're there. So we take that and we attribute aging, eh, write everything off to aging when it could be a sign of something else. Well, it could be. And in a second opinion, a third, a fourth, mm-hmm. a fifth opinion is so important. I wouldn't be here out of my chair and had my life back if I just listened to the ones that told me I was supposed to stay there. You know what? If I can turn the tables for a minute, yeah. would you mind sharing the story of what happened to you? Because I'm, I want to share this with a few friends that won't know you and your story. And, and they can find out easily, of course, because you're kind of bigger than life. But I get that. But tell that story, please. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just took control. <laughs> okay. I'll give you the, um, the two-minute version. Okay. Our, our number one podcast, we spent an hour talking about the whole story and how it impacted each of the family members and all of that. So they can go back and, and look at that first one. But um, uh, we were on our way to Florida to do a chiropractic conference and it was raining really bad and we hydroplaned and went through eight lanes of traffic and the very last lane got hit by a semi um, head on, actually backwards, but head on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife broke her neck, three, four and five were shattered. of all the people with her injuries are killed immediately and the rest are usually paralyzed. So we always say it's the grace of God that, that had his hand on both of us, that why we're still here for sure. Um, she, I was unconscious. I remained conscious through the accident. I was passenger. I saw it coming and I braced my legs on the dashboard. I snapped my pelvis in half, front and back. I ripped the muscles off my legs. I lost a third of my intestines. I damaged my spine, 11 areas, and uh, was a hot mess for uh, quite a long time. Um, Had seven back surgeries at the end of it all. Computer implanted in my spine, so I just wouldn't feel anything from here down and was told to just stay in my permanent chair, and that's just your life. And they had me medicated on, you know, oxy and, you know, all, all horrible, you know, side effect medication every three hours just to try to take the edge off from living at a pain level 10. Uh, I had no feeling in my legs and my arms for a lot of those years, but my hands and feet were burning broken glass all the time. 
I had knives from my head to my tailbone in my spine. Any movement, any deep breath or anything, I felt like somebody was just back there wiggling the knives. And so I, too, would just pray for the Lord to take me every night. I wasn't suicidal, but I was just so ready. Mm-hmm. Um, if I did sleep, it was very minimal. But when I did and I dreamt, I was always normal, running, playing, having fun. And then I wake up like, oh, gosh, this sentence again, this body. And so um, it took 17 years of really fighting and fighting to find that next breakthrough and then just believing I'm going to find a breakthrough. That was another that yeah. was another big challenge, mm-hmm. you know, along that way. But when I found that breakthrough, man, it would just give me so much uh, perspiration to fight for that next one, get a little bit of inspiration, yeah. give a lot of perspiration. And fortunately, I had a lot of amazing mentors in my life and people that opened up doors and shared technologies with me. And my family was always super strong and saying, just don't give up. Maybe something hasn't been invented yet. You have to hang on long enough until it is, or you just don't know about it yet. Or there's a product out there. There's something. And so we've, we tried relentlessly for many, many years and lots of things didn't work. And we finally found the things that did. And, you know, the first knee jerk reaction, getting my legs and my life back was like, move to Colorado, bring the kids out here. They grew up with me in a wheelchair. And it's like, you know, we got makeup for lost time and go have a lot of fun and just do some amazing things out here. And then I was out here really for about the first year. Um, I had several businesses at the time that, that had allowed us to even move out here and all of that. You were in Georgia. I know uh, you had quite a following in that state as well. And so I, really struggled with what am I supposed to do? I I love everything that I do, but there's not anything that I'm doing that really brings me all the joy. And it wasn't until I realized that I need to be paying it forward. Everything that I do, it's like I I would open my mouth. I had a bunch of followers in Georgia. And then um, when I moved out here, I kind of stopped doing the podcast. I took a different career path for a little bit and was working uh, on the corporate side of of Vox Life for the last four years. And so it's a good company. It really yeah. is. And so um, I just, once I finally found um, that my true gifting is being able to lay hands on people, and that's like I found it. I've known this my whole career, but it just brings me so much joy to see people find that breakthrough. And especially when they've never experienced anything like that, like you with chiropractic yesterday. Unbelievable. Unbe- I wouldn't have believed it. I would, uh, okay. So first of all, you've never been adjusted before. No, ever, no, which I was is scared so to crazy death. for me to understand how I was people scared. Would I was scared adjusted. of it. I heard one story about somebody got and somebody once tried to move my neck, and I'm like, "Don't do that." I, you know, I yeah. don't do that. And so when when you did what you did in a matter of minutes, I mean, like maybe under ten minutes from my feet to to, to my lower back, and and uh. then maybe up here in the lower whatever, I couldn't believe that I lived with this for twenty or thirty years. Every day, starting out with how I'm going to try and get all this stuff worked out of my lower back. And it was gone. And, I, and I'm, I'm speechless. I'm mystified. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm upset with myself for not ever thinking that maybe this could help. But it, you just changed everything with such minor. I don't take away with the education and knowing sure. what to do. But when you come right down to it, Hey, it's there, knowing where to push, right? <laughs> there, there were no, um, there were no papers to sign. Like you know, this is going to be under anesthesia, and this is going to, you know, <laughs> risk, risk, you know, evaluation. And like, no, I got up and I couldn't believe it. I could not. I still don't believe it. 
I, I, 10 times a day, I'm like, are you kidding me? And how about your feet, right? Well, okay, so in, in fairness, my ugly feet, uh, um, the right foot you said didn't have the arch and it was yeah. like frozen. What, what, what happens to me and maybe other people, and this has happened for maybe the last five or 10 years, my toes will all of a sudden cramp up and curl and be so, like I I have to pry them open with my hand and stand up in the middle of the night and push all my weight against the floor to get them to open up. Then I have to walk and walk and walk. And and then I have to psychologically be ready to get into bed so that I don't like have the, I don't know, impulse to like they curl again. I have to, I have to fight against it. And so I, I assume that all this has to do with aging you know, potassium, <laughs> you know, are you dehydrated? Everything in the world that I've heard. Yeah, so you're getting the real deal here. Yeah. Um, and and I had no idea that something like this was so articulated uh, with certainty on on the pressure and the point and, and the uh, logic of, you know, the progression. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Remember, it's just gravity and physics. To understand chiropractic, when you have poor posture and you've had injuries and your joints slightly misaligned and then guarded, they're just going to guard. And then that's going to be the point of all your problems. (sighs) And so we put back on the center of gravity, we restore proper curves. So the weight of your skeleton and your head and your body is on the bones where it's supposed to be. Well, when you know, you don't always have nerves in the joints that are locked up that hurt. So you don't know, like your feet, like all those, the part of your foot that was all locked up, there's no nerve in there to let you know when you're walking, oh, 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 that doesn't feel right. No, but the but the function of your gait was compromised. So it's a kinetic chain that goes all the way up to your neck. And so your knee rotate back a little bit, the hip has to rotate, the low back has to compensate, the opposite shoulder compensates, the neck on the opposite side. And so it's this foundational principle. And all I did was take an area that was locked up maybe for decades. Le- decades, easily. And, Multiple. and, and immediately put life back into it by putting the two bones back in their proper place. So now that the foot functions while you walk, the heel, the arch, the ball, and the toe, all of them are supposed to have a separate mechanism of function. Uh-huh. So everything that we do to find that breakthrough and to truly restore your health, it's all about function. If you don't fix function first, it's never going to fix the problem. It makes me a little sad that You're that sad. other <laughs> other doctors um, like a podiatrist isn't isn't trained in the scope of practice to do what I did on your foot. Oh. They're the foot specialist. That should be part of their scope of practice to restore the function of the foot. But they just get the cases typically that are either injured and damaged and they need to put the pins and in reconstruct. Surgery, so we definitely yeah. need emergency medical care for the yes. foot specialist. But I would think that they would have a scope of practice to realign the bones so things can actually function. But that's what our scope of practice is. So that's why we have a different scope for all different types of doctors to know when to go to which one for what. And of course, if we can avoid surgery, oh yes, and, you know, by all means, I think everybody innately kind of wants to avoid the surgery. I had some people say, you know what, surgery is easier because I don't have time to do all the rehab and all the work. I mean, we got to do rehab on surgery too. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and then a lot of times people probably should have had surgery a long time ago and didn't and then created so much more of a problem because they didn't. So right. I'm not here to say when it's time and when it's not time, but I am here to say that there's options. And if you're not hearing that there's options out there to restore function first and see how it goes. 
I mean, if you've lived with the pain for as long as you have Gates. and didn't know any different, now all of a sudden you're aware. It's like I'm you afraid just, to leave. <laughs> it's like, <when laughs> you just got a little go piece back? of truth that, hey, <laughs> being stiff and having a hard time getting up in the morning yes. and lack of movement is not a sign of age, of being old. And that makes me laugh when you said that because for 28 years in practice, people say, I thought it was just because I was old. I was Everybody, supposed to hurt yes. and not be able to tie my shoes and not be able to go up and down the stairs. I'm like, no, no, no. Your, your structure is not right. And so it's not functioning right. Mm. So we're going to restore some structure function and then watch your life just transform. When you said that, when you were talking about the chiropractic part, uh-huh. it made me think of the t-shirts I used to have in my clinic that said, coincidence or chiropractic? <laughs> I love it. And I would have been giving you the story. shirt right there and on the I spot. And I would have been wearing it. And I would have been saying, 65, so what? Right. So what's next is see a chiropractor because I was fooled into thinking that it was my age. It's a natural you know, inclination to, yeah. to think that that's it. But you know, if you had done something wrong, you could have made it worse i mean think about the person who doesn't know what they're doing who does massage or something they could have actually complicated it up or yeah, aggravated or, yeah, it, aggravated it or, sure. or just heightened it or something so if i weren't in the right hands um you know i would be like you know again this is just where i where i live in this kind of weird sure. pain. so as i mentioned to you yesterday um chiropractors are all trained to adjust segments and bones and all 206 of our bones in the correct direction. So you're not the super elite <laughs> so guy? I mean. It's just chiropractic, right? So, <laughs> well, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, I understand that there's a lot of different types of chiropractors, but we talked about you know how you can know if any type of doctor is really putting you at risk. Just Google what their malpractice insurance is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the medical doctors that are cutting on you and doing surgery and giving you drugs that could have complications that mean death, yes. they're going to pay a couple hundred thousand in premiums. The nurse is paying maybe forty or sixty thousand in premiums because they're following the orders of the doc, mm-hmm. but they're still liable if they did something that killed you. Um, yeah. You know, chiropractors were not invasive, and so uh, if if a lot of us were hurting people, we would all be paying very high premiums. We pay like less than two grand a month a year uh, for all of the same coverage, and so um, in general, we don't hurt each other, but. <laughs> everybody's going to respond differently to different types of chiropractors based on their technique. And so they have some different philosophies of why I want to do that one versus this one joint wise, or why we're going to leave that alone, or how do I want to move that bone? And there's so many different techniques and it's an art artistry really to find. That's what I felt. I I felt an artist had, had an inclination. And my question is when you were in a chair, you couldn't do this. No. So tell me how many years you've been able to actually. Well, I did. I say I, I say I couldn't do it, but people would come to my house and I'd still have a table at the house and I'd roll my wheelchair behind them and check the feet and use my activator. And I would still adjust family and friends and the people that just couldn't live with me being disabled. Um, yeah, but there was that. probably about three and a half years um, twice spread out by about 10 years in the middle. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about about this because, you know, people who are in a chair um, hear your story and they want to know, wait a minute, what did you learn along the way? What breakthrough? What what technique? What is there? Is there something for me? Mm-hmm. What do you say to a, a person who is at the beginning of a journey? And the only thing that I am so horrified for you is not being in the chair. It's that you were in pain. It's that you hurt. 
I mean, you know, I got a lot of questions, but why, 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 <laughs> why should people be in so much pain? I hate it. So you do it. Pain this. is inevitable. Yeah. Suffering is optional. Uh, yep. I, I, I know it. I live it. I still don't like it when it's <laughs> happening, when you're in that pain. Yeah. And there have been. And if you're not yeah. afraid of the pain, it's always modulating and changing and pulsing. And it's like when you get afraid of it, it just. Pulses you're faster right, and gets right. more intense, and then it feels like it's constant. But it's because you're you're fighting it, and if you don't fight it and just let it kind of flow through your nervous system, I've I've been really good at learning to departmentalize pain. I couldn't feel my arms and legs, but my hands and feet were burning broken glass, so I keep them as far away from my head as possible. <laughs> wow, like, you guys could just hang out down there. I don't have anything to do with you today. Hey, if it worked, <laughs> and if it, it worked, and, it and that would. was, it. and I know you do a lot of the uh, like, is it biofeedback or the yeah. whatever, and that probably does help a lot of people that come to you that do have pain. So to answer the question, okay, what do we do? Why do we do it? What do you tell somebody? Well, first of all, just go to thegoodnewsdoctor.com. <laughs> and you can see all the things I do and why I do that's it. That's why I'm here. I went. That's why we have, like, I don't know, over 50 different videos on there to really educate on the things that gave me my breakthrough. Mm -hmm. But outside of anything you're going to take or any technology that you're going to do, the most important part of your recovery has to do with your attitude. And without the right attitude, less than 50% of all of that stuff is less than 50% of the equation. Your thoughts and your attitude is going to determine human performance. They're physical things. The thoughts, everything. The words yeah. that come out of your mouth carry so much power. There's so much power in the word and, oh, yeah. and all of that. And I know you're right. It's almost like there's a chemical release to a positive attitude. And you know, um, one of the things that I think people, even if they haven't identified it yet in listening to you, but they know that they know that they know because they heard it. You tried so many things. Some worked and some didn't. Yeah. And you are working with something that there's no guesswork. You know what the value is to, to or you wouldn't be, ha we wouldn't be talking about it. Oh gosh. It brings yeah. me such great joy when the new people are sitting there telling me their story. Cause I just start smiling. Like, why are you smiling? I'm telling you horror story after horror story after trauma and this. And I'm like, cause I already know what it's going to be like over here for you. Cause yeah, let's, let's get on that we've path. We've been this way. We've lived this. I got uh, that t-shirt too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank goodness that somebody not only who has, um, traversed that course, but is yeah. able to be your coach and also um, provide you with what it takes, the equipment, the yeah. skills, the everything to, to get across that finish line. So um, I don't know, what, what have you got to say you learned about me and all your testing here? <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is the four fives and sixes in you are definitely a, an issue. And you say that okay. you can do something to help me. Four, fives, and sixes being yeah. the small capillaries that really need that oomph to push the blood through. You're in a dangerous zone there. So and most likely this is not new. Okay, you probably. But how would I know? You wouldn't know until no all of a sudden you have a heart attack or until yes. all of a sudden they say your kidneys are not functioning anymore. And that's really upsetting. Did you know that like one in nine people die of kidney failure? In no, the United States? because I never think about my kidneys. I don't even know what the heck they you do in there. You can have kidney failure and still be going to the bathroom normally every day and never know. Like, I still pee like three or four times a day. What do you mean my kidneys don't work? It's the filters in the kidneys stop working. So now you're peeing out proteins. And oh, then, wow. And then you, once the kidney stops functioning, then you're either going to die or you need a kidney replacement. Or you're on dialysis That's if right. you catch it before it actually stops. But the problem is, is the first, there's five stages of kidney failure. Stage one, two, and three, they'll never tell you about because those are the easiest ones to reverse, I guess. 
once it gets to stage four, they're not like, hey, you got a problem with your kidneys. And it, usually that's too late. Now you end up on dialysis. So is this follow the money five. that we're talking about here? Or is this? Well, I um, think it's just the health model. There's a sickness model and there's a healthcare model. And currently the majority of healthcare in the U.S. is unfortunately a sickness model. And so, again, emergency medical care, we're the best in the world. I would never want to be anywhere else when I have my accident, yes. if I have my kidneys fail, my brain if aneurysm. I have a brain aneurysm. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, thank God we have the greatest doctors in the world here to help us. But that model they're amazing at. When they try to manage the sickness model and call it a health model, when they're just managing signs and symptoms and not helping the body naturally try to overcome it or mm-hmm. work with the body to do that. And again, there's a time and a place for every condition and everything that's going on. But I think what it all boils back down to is people need to know there's options out there. Well, it, we need to take responsibility and be proactive about it too, instead of that assumption that this is aging or that there is so- nothing that I can do about it. It's a, it's a condition that you're saying like the first one, two, and three stages of the kidney issue is um, how would we know? What, what so the way you know is a blood test. Oh, and so you get a blood test and you got a BUN score and then you also have your GFS, your your, um, filtration rate of the kidney, GFR. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so that should be 100%. Your filtration rate should be 100% of the water in your blood or 99% Mm -hmm. is coming back into the blood and 1% is coming out as urine. Okay. Okay. So they've changed over the years from 100 being normal to now 60 being normal. You mean they're calling 60 the they're norm? They're calling 60 the new normal. But okay. 60 is already at stage two of failure. All right. So they stage have lowered three the bar to a point where we are tripping ourselves. when it gets down ourselves. to 30. Oh, my gosh. Stage two is between 15 and 30. And if you're below 15, that's stage five. You need dialysis. And your life is very much threatened right now. And you never and saw so it coming. they don't... They don't really see or think of it as a warning sign until you're already on the downslope of it's already a bunch of the kidney filters are already not functioning. So think of it this way too. Your nervous system. We experience life through our nervous system. I say that all the time. Only 10% of your nervous system is for pain. 90% is for function. If you're ever in pain, you've already lost 50% of the function of that area before the pain kicked in. All right. The pain yes. will be the last thing to come, and then the pain will be the first thing to go when you start putting attention into that area and restoring function. Right. Doesn't mean that you're restored when the pain's gone. You could still be 49% lack of function in that area with no pain. So let's get you down to 100% function before you stop your treatments and your therapy and, and what you're doing, what your goal is. So now with your vascular scan, we learned a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. The exact amount of blood flow that was going through every one of your capillaries. Okay, so we know what that is compared to normal, and we can see where those are compromised. We also see a recruitment capacity. In your case, that was 28%, which is better than 0%, of course, but we would want it to be as high as possible, over 50%. And that tells me how much blood. Do you carry on reserve around your tissues mm-hmm. for when all of a sudden you start moving and working out and putting a demand? You need to recruit more blood in. And so when when age happens and genetics and poor lifestyle and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, eventually that recruitment capacity tanks and people get 
winded walking up the stairs. And that okay. when you when and it the, happens, and the legs to start you, to yes. hurt. Now, if you're not on a medication that has a side effect of leg cramping, <laughs> and you walk up the stairs and your legs are hurting, that is a sign that your recruitment capacity is lousy. See, I never thought it was uh, related to blood. I thought it was like you know muscle strength because you're not exercising enough and your muscles. Are, but I guess muscles use blood, so it's yeah. all related. Hundred percent blood for yeah. strength and endurance. Okay, so yeah, I think. How okay. much can I lift, and how long can I keep lifting it for? You need blood every time you start moving it. You've used the oxygen up. I need more blood. Bring more oxygen in. I keep needing oxygen and nutrients to keep calcium to constrict, magnesium to let go. And so if I don't have these things hitting those muscles and allowing me to flex them and let them go, I'm going to burn out quicker than the other person. So athletes, especially, we're up here at high altitude. So most of my patients have a much better score than you, but you're from Houston. And so... <laughs> You're not in this high altitude. You're not putting that demand on your body just to be here. Oh, so that demand so is actually a form a of exercise. Altitude, yes. And oh, so now okay. to exercise here is much more demand on your body a mile high than to be down at sea level. So um, it is more challenging for people to come out here and exercise, especially pro teams and athletes. They come oh, out they here. They come out and they're not used to it. Build up. Our guys are are easy. We already have Model that reserve efficiency. capacity, Got right? It. And so, but this too can be helped. But wait a minute, if be I would have been here a day or two earlier, would I have had a better test score? I mean, without cheating, but would I have um, had? No, actually, possible? I think after you've been here maybe three days or a couple of days, you'll have a better score. I think That's, the yeah. first day is might be why. Um, we can attribute it. Why to it could <laughs> be it could be part of it because you know, <laughs> and you just flew. Okay, okay, great. I'm and glad so when you're flying, that's putting a lot of radiation into your body, too. We always take hydrogen tablets right when I take off and then every two hours because hydrogen is the smallest molecule in the periodic table, oh. and it's the strongest free radical. And so we're being exposed from, from New York to, to L.A. It's four chest x-rays is how much radiation you're being exposed to just because you're up at 30,000 feet. You're closer to the sun. Amazing. And so fact. you just got that that is an absolute thing. Think about pilots and to. flight attendants and Absolutely. all of that. Absolutely. Wow. And so that creates a major free radical that is running havoc on your cells and in your body. Right. Okay. Wow. And I'm okay. sure it would And so you're taking what did you take? Just a hydrogen tablet. Any store <laughs> will sell a hydrogen tablet. It's I'm it's on just, your shopping list. It's I mean. just uh, it's a little tablet. You get a half a bottle of water, like mm -hmm. a bottle of water. Right. You put the tablets in and close it really tight. And then you wait till you take off. Wait till about five minutes after you take off until you get up to the right altitude. And then when you open the top of the bottle, it has to go right to your mouth because the hydrogen will evaporate, evaporate real fast. Right out. So yeah. right to your mouth and then slam the whole thing. So we get the like the four ounce bottles like yeah. that little baby i know i ones. love those because you can and so you can just chug the whole thing and then for two hours you do not have any effect of the radiation it and how do you feel can you tell it. any difference you get off the plane you don't have jet lag you feel like there's no time change it's just you get up and go and it's it's amazing i've been flying a lot over the years and that saves me because i need to get there and then be on camera and perform right and get there and, and then be working on patients for all day. Right. And I can't be like coming in and jet lagged. No, and that's a great uh, bit of. I've never heard that. Mm. Most people probably know, and I and I don't know that. So, and you can buy that at a drugstore. You can buy that anywhere. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so I will say that I'm a fairly. You know, people would look at me and think, "Well, I'm not overweight. I maybe have um, a glass of wine or a margarita once a month. 
I'm I'm boring. I you know I like to walk. Um, yeah, I'm not a big exerciser. Oh, wait, I. You know what? I'm going to tell you something today. <laughs> You're going to be able to do more now that you've been adjusted. <laughs> I this is this is wild. I I'm always hearing about your your core strength. You know, you're supposed yeah. to be your core. That's what it was. So I leaned up. Um, you know, today <laughs> there was no pain. I'm like, I'm not weak. I was in pain. It hurt to do that. Yeah. Now I realize I've got some strength. I just didn't know it. So I was excited. All oh right. My goodness, there's so many more <laughs> things we could do for you if you're here longer. Oh, I and stay. <laughs> I'll be back. I, and I know I should be back because we need to. We We're need to need follow to up and see. Yeah. And one of the things that I have to say about everything I heard yesterday, I was really bummed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was crushed. I was concerned. I was sad. I was embarrassed. Like, wh- wh- I don't take good care of myself. I have a good diet. I did have a lot of sweets over the 4th of July, but I'm a really conscientious person. I don't drink enough water, bad, and I drink too much coffee. How bad is coffee for you? T- why, just, why do you drink coffee? Um, I think it's a habit, and it's hot, and you know, sometimes I'll drink, you know, like cinnamon tea. But I just, it's a habit and, and... Do you do it because you feel you need to wake up? Or it, you need energy? I do it because it's what I want. It's what I like. It's not like I feel a lack. If it's a desire. If you do it because of what you want, then do it. Do you do it every single day? Oh, yeah. I do it at oh, least... Yeah. I do at least <laughs> one pot, an, an entire a pot, pot, a day. Sometimes more than that. We've I told found, you I confessed. I believe we've found the reason why we're having these scores that we're having. Are you serious? Yes. Okay, then you're going to see diligence right. here now. For every cup of coffee that you yes. drink, cup, you have to have six equal servings of water in that same day to have that cup of coffee have no effect in your body. I don't have six uh, a, a week to have that. Then, then you can't do this. This is exactly what's... What's, what's wrong with what's me? The, what a big okay, problem is. So you know that they so say... So your body needs to detox the coffee. Uh, That's why people have energy. They drink the coffee thinking, I need energy. No, you just robbed your body of all your stored energy because it has to get the toxins out that you just put in. All right. I'm gonna, now, I'm, I do love coffee too. So I just do it a, a few times a week, like maybe two or three times a week. I'll, I'll have a cup, but I have mushroom coffee, so it's not real coffee. It's mushroom coffee. It's, it's actually really good. I'll give this you a sample of it. This is like a Colorado hippie. I'm in. I'm, yeah. I can do, I can, I can figure this out. And so, um, so yeah, there's just rules you got to play. Okay, it's going to take okay. six equal servings of water in that same day to have that have a zero effect. And if you can play that rule, then have your cup of coffee. My daughter has a nutrition um, certification of some kind, education. I don't know what it is, but she's going to like call you and say, thank you. <laughs> you got my mom off coffee. <laughs> like my kids would know, what's your password? Try coffee. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, it's bad. So um, how about carbonation? Anything None. with carbonation? No, I couldn't care less about carbonation. Nah. Okay. I, like the, I like the taste of hot coffee. I drink yeah. it black. Yeah. You know, I don't do all the cream and sweetener. I had that's a grandmother, better, I had a grandmother who said, girl, wean yourself. And I did. See, yeah. if you tell me wean yourself, I will. But okay. I wouldn't mind if you just went down to like a cup or two and then switched to tea. I mean, or... Oh, or, is there a difference in tea? I mean, well, is tea's that... not going to have the same effect. Is it? Tea, tea isn't going to... Well, I guess it depends on which tea and which type of brands of coffee. You can buy junk on either side or you can buy organic, clean grown in the best way, shape, or form. I've got with a packet no in my purse that I'll, I'll, yeah. You know, how big a deal <laughs> is so, organic? Uh, you know, I know, um, I know your family is really pristine about absolutely. everything. Yeah, you guys are. If you have a choice to be organic, mm-hmm. I mean, just ask yourself this question. 
do I feel like becoming a filter today? Oh, great. Because if you yeah. don't filter it first, you're the filter. Yeah. If you don't drink filtered water, you're the filter. Your kidneys get toxic. Your lungs get toxic. If you're not breathing good air, your lungs are the filter. And okay. so it's like, how hard do you want to make it on your body? It's right. like and your I, body's trying so hard to keep up with your hectic lifestyle. What are you doing to it? Do putting kerosene in it when it needs jet fuel. All right. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess another thing. To me, you can tell me all these things that are good for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, man, I see it on my skin. And that's where I'm like, all right, what do we You know where you're seeing it? This? Yeah, in the you mirror. Look, <laughs> you look beautiful. You did not look 65 yeah, yeah, yeah. years old at all. But on the inside, you have some vascular compromise. Well, you, I will tell okay. you one thing I liked about this this readout. Yeah. One thing was good. I don't the even know what it was. I don't. It didn't even matter. But yeah. you know what it told me? I'm not. This is going to sound terrible. I'm not co a complete mess. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. This is my suspicious mind that says, "Oh, sure, they're going to give me a bad report today, so that they can put me on some regiment." So, like, oh, look at this miraculous! Look at the recovery. Yeah. I get okay. It. And sure. do you do you imagine that some people think that? Wait a minute. How oh, everybody's concerned. Everybody's a skeptic about everything because Thank everything's you. hype. Everybody's like Thank testimonies, you. testimonies, exactly. hype. Exactly. We why don't I... live in the world of hype. We are 100% science. Uh -huh. I, am, I am a scientist at heart. I have to see the data. And once I do my own calculations mm -hmm. and, and observations and then use it typically on myself or my family first, mm -hmm. and then I'll bring it to my patients once I feel it's valid because I had a good experience with it. And then I'm constantly validating patients, whether it's 10, 20, or 30 patients on that thing to make sure it's a trend, That's that I'm not just a, an isolated incident because I responded great to it. Ah, um, good point. But up yeah. until now, we've never really had anything to prove anything was working other than, hey, how you feeling? It's exactly. been 90 days. You know what? Yeah. My back doesn't hurt. I can get up. And, and for 28 years in practice, when it came to nutrients, it's... We can do blood work. We can really get the idea of what you're lacking and put you on it. But really, it's just anecdotal for how are you feeling for me yes. to know that you're liking this progress and or, or you're still in the stage of getting through it. And sometimes you have to stir things up to get to the other side. And, and depending on the situation, that's healthy and you need that. Um, but typically... It's how you're feeling. Now that, I'm like, how are you functioning? Not how you're feeling. Ah, okay. This right. is objective, not subjective. And, and you know what? I believe some of the anecdotal stuff is valid because sure. because we have our own gauge. You know, you, I know what my two and my ten is. I, so so I have some of that um, validation because I know me. Yeah. But the fact is, and then if you have something to say about it, I have to weigh two things. One is that he's a trustworthy doctor of science. So he's, but on the other hand, the guy has no, you know, impure um, practices. He eats organic. He does filtered everything he does. So his body's response to something might be might, different. Might be different. Absolutely. So, so we've got all that to factor in. That, yeah. So let me ask you this. You are working with a group of guys, and you're the first one in the United States to have this technology in your office. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's yeah. why I'm here. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I will say that I am the first to have it in my office in private practice where people from the mm -hmm. public can come in. Right. But like we're me. in 144 medical hospitals, research centers that have been using this for over a decade and doing massive studies on it. So I'm also a researcher. So I came in before 
it was uh, a private thing and I was doing research with them. So it was really exciting to be able to be chosen as mm -hmm. the first one to be able to, let's go ahead and try it in the practice. We're going to be launching it in the fall to doctors all over the world. And when that happens, it's going to be amazing. But let's kind of see and test the, the actual flow in a doctor's office now because it's just been in labs, right? And studying very specific conditions in relationship to the glycocalyx. So the process, you know, that a doctor would have and, and the staff having to learn, you know, and the protocols mm -hmm. and all of that and, and be able to have something on your website that people would know what they're walking into so that they would realize, yeah, I need to be um, hydrated, but I don't need to eat. And I mean, all the things that will make this yeah. go smoothly. But I want to step back and ask you another question because what you just said absolutely conveys to the person who is meeting you on, on a camera like this that you have years of experience and that these being in all these other medical institutions and military and veterans hospitals and all of that sets a stage of um, not expectation, but of validation. 100%. 100%. So tell me about the credentials of the people who who have been behind this development and the research papers, like 2,000 studies have been done. This yeah. is not a Johnny-come-lately. This is a, hey, it's available to you now. This is, it's been wanting to be available for years for so many doctors seeking after this. And they've been patient. They're like, yeah, no, you can wait. We're not sure who we're going to really roll this out with yet. We're working on our studies because they wanted to be bulletproof. They have 74 already done, published, IRB, placebo-controlled, independent labs doing studies, validating not only the technology of the camera to talk about all the different functions of your blood that we went through, mm -hmm. um, but also the nutraceutical that we're recommending that will regrow that glycocalyx and then show proof by improving the actual function and bringing a lot of these four micron vessels back to life, bringing the fives back up. And actually, you're not going to realize how poor your circulation was until it gets better. And then you realize, I feel like I'm 20 years older again. And just the, the ability, uh, younger again, yes. <laughs> I, right I feel like I was 20, 20 years again. old yes. again. Bring it, baby. Is what I meant to <laughs> yes. say. I want to. You know, and just remember. be like, I didn't realize I could have this much energy and be able to move this fast and be, and not hurt or not feel limited or not feel, in your case, you said I feel old because I, I would stretch and hurt. And I just felt, well, I'm getting older, so I'm supposed to be a little yeah, stiff. Darn it, just it's come with age. How did it's it get 65. here so fast? Yes. To me, it was 50. When, you know, my wife's like, just, you just wait. You just wait. You're going to turn 50. You'll get it. And then it was like 50. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was like that same month yes. I couldn't read. At night, I had yeah, to get readers. Exactly. And I'm like, I've never had. I mean, Power of suggestion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you believe. Yes. But you know what you just did? You just turned a corner. And, and, and this was a huge corner. Because you have told us in this conversation everything that we would need to know about understanding what this tool, this diagnostic tool, is showing us and what it represents and all the indicators are pointing to. But now that corner you turned is this patented nutraceutical that is going to take you from where you are and and regrow this. Restore, oh. rejuvenate, <sighs> and replenish the glycocalyx, which improves function in all of these Dynamics. So it's patented. I mean, is this stuff available through like a, a vitamin regimen or? Is so it, it's yeah. been it's been uh, for the last few years 
in a retail site only online. And so the researchers and all the research and things that were published, we mm -hmm. put thousands of people on the product to study them and to study how it affects all these diseases and so forth. So there has been people for a decade consuming this with understanding, trying to understand really the impact of what it's doing. So that's why they didn't just say, okay, we got our first IRB study, let's go to market. They weren't desperate to do that. That would be impressive because most companies come without any studies mm -hmm. and then they got some working, but they take millions of dollars and years to complete. And so the fact that they've done 74 complete already, we have about 80 actually, the other ones just haven't been published yet, but they're done. Um, the fact okay. that we have all of that science on top of over 10,000 papers that have been published that reference Dr. Hans Vink for his 30-year career of understanding and identifying the glycocalyx um, and, and being the key technology that proved it. And so that's what the patent is on the machine. He's proving. the foundation. So his foundation yes. and, and the glycocheck is dot com is the website where you can see all of their research, all the hospitals, all mm. the research centers, all the papers, everything, including the patent, proving that it's valid and, and how they got there. We also have videos with him going through slides and explaining all I've of that. I've listened in, to him. In exactly. Great detail. And then Bob Long is the inventor of the nutraceutical. And when the two of them found each other, it really was a match made in heaven because Hans at the time had spent 25 years identifying the problem, not being able to find a solution. Somebody you can else change your lifestyle. You can change your lifestyle. You can do this, and you can change some things, but nothing really significantly changed it until they found the endocalyx. I'd love to have that story yeah. about how how the two of them came together. But so during this time, where all these thousands of people had access over the last ten years, were they a part of these trials? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now so this Bob is, and Hans came together mm -hmm. in two thousand nine. Okay, so they've been together for a while. Yeah, eleven years. And then years. by two thousand twelve, they launched endocalyx. It was known as a different supplement before, and they were able to reformulate it. Now they had the camera to see what it was doing and make it 300% stronger. Okay, and during that time, I know that that nutraceutical is patented. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you patent in it. I mean, it's like my, my cookie there's recipe. Seven, there's seven ingredients, mm -hmm. and they all come from those blue zones in the world where people live to be over 100. Okay. Like the seaweeds and yeah. the things like, yeah, okay. Exactly, and so right. it's the amino sugars, which are the precursors that we need. And then the polysaccharides themselves, mm -hmm. which is in the seaweeds and so forth. And then we have the antioxidants, the glucosamine, to protect the new hair that's growing. And they see that hair growing within 24 hours of taking the supplement. It starts to have that effect. Wow. Wake up. And so <laughs> We're back. We talked about all those damaged areas of the blood yeah. vessels. We're going to start growing hair back in those damaged areas, which is going to restore the function, which is going to help our body return back to homeostasis. All right, so, you know, if you've been doing this for a number of years, I would really love to know what these people who have been on this really great product um, that, that you have formulated and patented and all of the, you know, right markers for hitting, hitting these needs. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know, what does their skin look like? What are they, you know? Well, it saved a lot of people's lives. Their so hearts, these were people that were yes. critical condition, uh, kidney failure, COVID, sepsis, uh, lung failure, heart failure, liver failure. They're looking at all the conditions at the end stage of life. All right. Uh, In research, critical ICU hospitals are studying the glycocalyx through the whole process of the degeneration of those diseases.
But this sounds like what you just described as hospice almost. Um, like, yeah. Okay. So it turned things around, are you they saying? Could, well, before they had the supplement, they would just be able to predict exactly how many days left the person had based on their, on their scores with their condition. And now what happens? Well, now we have a nutrient that can try to turn that around for people. They could actually and reverse depending, this. Depending on the stage far? and how critical they are, everybody is a different case. We can't promise results for anybody for any one condition. Mm -hmm. But again, we're not treating conditions. We're treating the, um, the glycocalyx, the inside layer of our epithelium. And if, that's, epithelium. if that's resolved, then it's the solution to any number of invading, insulting... Well, your body has over 65 quadrillion chemical reactions every second in the dark. The intelligence that knows which ones to do and how much of each of those didn't abandon you when you were born. It's in you, working 24-7, and it knows exactly what you need. It uh. just needs you to function. If you don't function, it can't do and deliver and do what you need. And it wants more than anything for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't judge you That's on how you're job. treating it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to heal your, your vessels today because you went out and had that margarita last night. Doesn't judge you. It's Those words say, are going to ring in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to say, "All right, we're doing the best we can with what we got going on, but let's get that alcohol out of the kidneys first. All right, <laughs> That's I gotcha. exactly what it says. Uh, you know what? I know this was my goal. Is up here, and I here I am down at the very bottom. I'm in the red zone, and I should say, stop, stop what, and start what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the good news is that we got a hold of you While before you had alive. any type of incidences. <laughs> Another brain aneurysm. <laughs> right. My mom had a stroke. My mom, I mean, I, I know that I need to pay very much attention. At age 65, um, I hoped that I could have another healthy 20 years and maybe more. So, right. yeah, this is important. So um, when we look back at your scores again, the other one was the total blood volume dynamic. That's telling me how much blood's actually absorbing in through each of those size vessels as well. And you're right in the borderline in the red on that one as well, too. So your heart's working overtime, okay? It's working overtime trying to get blood into the areas that it's just not getting enough of, okay? And so the solution is a nutraceutical that will start working within 24 hours of taking it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see you back here in a couple of months. I'm going to actually have you on a double dose of, of this product because we are in a place that you Time is of the essence. Yeah. And anybody that wants to improve their score, no matter where your baseline is, if you want to improve it, improve it fast, we do a double dose and it'll improve in actually half the time to that next score. We expect to see a jump of maybe two whole points by the time I see you next. And, and then I just can't wait to hear all the things that we're going to say about how you're feeling and how your energy is and, and all of that, because this is going to be really amazing for you. Anytime we see people that are journeying into the red zone just a little bit, their results skyrocket so much faster because your body has such a need. And mm -hmm. when new life starts coming into those vessel walls, it's going to start activating those vessels again. And so all of the four fives and sixes here, um, you're going to see an increased number of those kicking in and starting to actual function. And so for brain, all of our brain is vascular. I mean, I know we think we look at the brain like, oh, this is this big bundle of nerves and pudding, mm -hmm. but it's the blood flowing through those nerves that's delivering the neurotransmitters and 
allocating and reallocating blood from one part of our brain to the other to bring a memory from back here to the front. So it's all blood flow. And when we start to see improvements in the microvessels, hey, the big vessels are also being improved as well. So this is just going to help you solidify and feel really confident that when we improve these scores, those issues from the past are definitely not going to happen again. Okay, and that you're going to have a much better quality of life from this time forward, because we just found a solution that is going to guarantee another breakthrough for you in a way that you don't even know what to expect yet. But I know it's coming because I've seen a lot of people start to turn this around and I get people calling and telling me all these different things all the time. So Yeah, you 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 are the um the feel good guy because everybody feels better, including you, because yeah. you're getting all of this. And I know when you said yesterday that you attribute this in some ways, like, hey, you you know, this a lot of this could be stress. And I know that. But having an answer and a a path forward makes me feel good. So it relieves stress because it's mm-hmm. taking away some of the fear of the unknown. I know sure. now, but I know that there is a path. Well, also restoring hope. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, hope, you know, that that's a gift is Absolutely. hope. <laughs> and, and yes, and I, I live on hopium. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go. Put I that in a it. capsule. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you for taking me on this journey on the first phase. Yeah. And I will diligently follow your guidelines. I will double dose. Awesome. And then you say 60 days? Yeah. All right. Two months. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I just so appreciate your story and just for being so real, you know. That's all I got. Audience (laughs) loves that too. (laughs) So thank you for joining us for another episode of The Good News Doctor. And until next time, have a blessed day. Bye now.